Twenty-some-odd years ago, Gallery 360 in South Minneapolis opened its doors and arms to me as one of, if not the first, art gallery to exhibit my work. Since then, Gallery 360 has become a sort of, well, an artistic second home for me. It's a gallery that I admire and one that I find always inspirational. A couple weeks ago, I was honored to be joined in studio by the owner of Gallery 360 and a good friend of mine, Mary Beck. Despite being recorded a couple weeks ago, I think you'll find the conversation very much relevant as we get Mary's take on gallery life, the arts, and weathering the current storm. In four, three, two. Hello, art enthusiasts and art lovers. Welcome to episode 11 of Art Wonderful, the podcast where art is a religion. I'm your host, Nicholas Harper. I'm broadcasting from my art studio deep within the Rogue Buddha Gallery. That's in the heart of the Northeast Arts District in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank you for joining me as we explore everything the arts have to offer. It's the mission of this podcast to spread the gospel of the arts, their essential value to our everyday lives, and to offer a deep dive exploration into this most mysterious of subjects. You can learn more about myself, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, this podcast, and those we have on the show by visiting us online at roguebuddha.com. Click podcast from the menu. Before we get to the conversation with Mary, I thought I would share just a couple quick updates on all things Camp Harper and Rogue Buddha Gallery. It was, despite being closed again to the public, a pretty busy week here at the Rogue Buddha. Keeping in line with Murphy's Law, just as I'm starting to rely heavily on my website, roguebuddha.com, sure enough, it kept petering out on me. I think I have it all resolved now. Uh, I did end up moving servers and doing a bit of redesign, and so hopefully it will work slicker than it ever did in the past. And hopefully it doesn't crash on me anymore. Uh, On Sunday, we hosted our first virtual Death Cafe. If you're not familiar with Death Cafes, it's a pretty amazingly cool way for strangers to come together and talk about death. Uh, In doing so... um, It's kind of designed to help break down the taboos associated with the subject of death. And um, all the while, eating treats and drinking tea, coffee, or wine. We've been hosting them for about almost two years now. One a month for about two years. Uh, Kristen Ament is the woman who um, really does the organizing and presents them each month. And, well, due to uh, current world circumstances, we had to go online on the interwebs for last night's death cafe which was actually pretty cool it definitely had a different vibe than those held in person like in person uh, i would say organic conversation is easier to achieve and you can read people's body language and there's just more of a flow to it an organic flow to it but this was cool in its own right and it had its own kind of perks like one of the things that i thought was really neat was that we had people from around the country joining in on this death cafe as opposed to you know being landlocked and just being here at the rogue buddha gallery for an event we had people from all over the country joining in so that was pretty cool um and we'll be doing more virtual death cafes uh or we'll be doing death cafes more frequently online here doing the virtual thing uh as 
while things remain in limbo. So as far as myself, well, I'm still painting on. Uh, the added layer of social distancing is affording me even more alone time at the easel, which is actually quite lovely. And uh, I'm also using the events of the day in this kind of solitude uh, to re-go over life goals and uh, plans and see what's important to me and what things I want to pursue in life. Um, Again, if you haven't listened to past episodes, I'd recommend going back to episode 10, where I laid down uh, 10 tips for artists to be kind of proactive during times like these. And uh, I'm certainly drinking my own medicine, as it were. So uh, also looking at different opportunities that are presenting themselves as a result of the current world situation. So uh And so, as always, I'm staying positive and not even worrying about the glass being half empty or half full. I'm just glad there's a glass in the first place. Hopefully that didn't sound too cheesy. It probably did. Regardless, let's get into the show, shall we, with owner of Gallery 360, Mary Beck. I'm honored to have as a guest this week Mary Beck. Mary is the owner of Gallery 360 in South Minneapolis, located on the corner of 50th and Xerxes Avenue. I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with Mary for over, well, close to 20 years. Uh, in fact, Gallery 360 was one of the first galleries I ever exhibited at yeah. way back in the day. Over the past 20 years, I've been in continual awe of how uh, Mary conducts herself as a business person. The consideration, time, and effort she puts into building real relationships with her artists and patrons alike is nothing but remarkable. Oh, wow. (laughs) The time and effort she pours into each exhibit and the management of Gallery 360 is similarly inspiring. If I can somehow muster just 10% of Mary's gumption and tenacity, I would be all the better at being a gallerist myself. Mary, thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for that intro, which I do not think I deserve, because I am always look to you for... Uh... We feedback yes. on each yes. other. Um, but you, you were pretty much somebody I wanted to have on the show since day one, before it was even a show, when I was just kind of conjuring uh, what this podcast could be. I knew I wanted you on the show for a lot of different reasons, and um, like I alluded to in the intro, you set the bar pretty high. And I think you have a lot of insights for listeners from different angles, for artists and patrons alike. And now, of course, we have a new situation brewing in the world that has many businesses shuttering their doors. And I'd love to hear about what you're doing to mitigate the situation and how you're navigating things with artists and patrons and weathering the storm in general. Um, So time permitting, I'd like to touch on as many of these subjects as we can. Um, But before that, I have some... very original questions to ask such as can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from and how you got started in the gallery business oh well thank you again i'm, I'm honored to be chosen and um background i'm from minneapolis mm-hmm. um and i went to denmark as an exchange student right after i graduated from washburn high school in 1989 I was an exchange student for a year, and I came back, and I attended University of Minnesota for a lot of just undergraduate courses and pre-design courses, and then I had a bunch of friends moving to New York that had just graduated, and another friend who had been to 
Fashion Institute of Technology for schooling and they had canceled her program and she was going back and she's like, come with me. So I did and I went to the Fashion Institute for two years and then two great years in New York, loved it, but definitely knew I wanted to come back to Minneapolis and do something with yeah. everything I'd learned. And um, What were you, were you studying to be a designer? Really my background um, was product development is where I kind of okay. fell in with my mishmash of degrees yeah so and that's really um what i do with the gallery is you know um develop shows with the artist develop a lot of the product you know the curating of everything all of it is really kind of you know it could be an art piece it could be a jewelry item and it could be a closing piece it's just kind of insight into that working closely with my artist yeah yeah and that's something that um well, I'm going to come back to this in a second, but what 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 did you do in New York for the two years after uh, you graduated FIT? Yeah, so I was only there for two years of school, and then I came back here to Minneapolis, and I kind of fumbled my way trying to fit into corporate America with a degree like that, and it just did not fit, like did not fit in an office environment. Knew I wanted to do something creative, um, but I did not. I just kind of waitressed and traveled and yeah. I was in my 20s, kind of a sort of a roaring time. And then one day after a funeral, a friend of my mom's um, had gone into this little um, store and gallery and it was called um, Trip to Winchester Gallery. And she's like, I think you're going to like it. I think this is, a, it's a, you know, I just want you to see it. Um, and I walked in, it was, it was kind of... Um, it was just a really fresh take that I had not seen on offering art and gallery in the same space um, together. I, 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 you know, a couple weeks later, I was working there, and the former owner Peggy Ryan, who's a still yeah. a really good friend of mine, um, mentored me for a couple years, and then her and her husband. Um, went through a divorce and they had to liquidate the business and somehow with borrowed money and waitressing every day and I just I kept it afloat Um, and Peggy was involved in the very beginning which was great she was very active in the in the Minneapolis art scene and then Lori Muret who is my main employee been there in the space uh, since triptych days or Winchester gallery days continuing on it as well so it was Lori and I and it's still been Lori and I and now yeah. we're 20 years wow. uh, celebration we have coming up this June 6th and uh, it's hard to believe I mean you it seems like it's gone really fast it makes me feel really old but uh, <laughs> it's also you think of all the shows and all the artists and everything that we've done and then yeah feels like 20 years yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> so that's kind of a nutshell i mean i you know that gives you kind of a background nothing nothing formal no education background or anything just kind of fell into it really yeah. I lo- loved what she had started and just loved the work and that's really what i'm fortunate i'm mean, just it, i've never seen it as a job yeah. yeah i love the work and i love i love working with artists and as much as i'm not everyone asks you know are you an artist or what do you do? And I, you know, I, that's not really ha- how I would direct myself. I really love work, getting a chance to work with all the great talents of the world and then creating an environment where um, their work can be honored. Yeah. Yeah. How long was Winchester a gallery? Before? They were in operation, I want to say close to 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Because that was before, I think I first became aware of you guys. Yep. 
when it had become Gallery 360. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were involved but I remember in Peggy's the still there. Fine arts organization. Yeah, <laughs> the that's early days and f- all of that. And yeah. we would bump into each other at shows. And then, yeah. Wow. And did Peggy, this might go off podcast, did Peggy go into banking? Peggy does mortgages. Mortgages. Yeah. Okay. And she's got a really Smart. solid, great job. <laughs> and uh, she married an artist and they are happy and, you know, things are, it all worked out. She's still yeah. really active oh, she's in awesome. the art scene. I yeah. think I saw her. I'm sure she comes 15. to shows. Yeah. Yep. No, she was she, awesome. She's around town and, and we still hang out. I'm so fortunate to have her in my life and I'm fortunate that she took a chance on me and really um, invested a lot. Um you know, this early days of the gallery, she she had such a magnetic personality. And, you know, when you're new and you're trying to kind of fit in, fit in as much as it's retail, but it's also art, she could tell a story about every art piece and every artist. And she had this just vat and background of information. And I just never thought I was going to be good enough or people uh, credible enough or people would listen to me or have any interest. And then over time, you just kind of realize that you you step into that role and it all just became very natural then once you're working with the artist and taking it all in and I had my own background stories yeah. you know but it was hard it was hard in the very beginning um but it's it's been yeah it's been quite a ride <laughs> how long did uh you mentioned that you were waitressing at first still how yeah. how long into the gallery did you have to do other um, jobs to I help think support it was it? probably three years and okay. then my husband said you know you're never going to know if this gallery is going to actually float if you don't quit quit supplementing it with other income yeah and i think he was absolutely right we were at that turning point and we'd gone through 9 11 at that point and sort of rebounded from that and um it was we were starting to kick into an okay economy right then it's hard to believe we actually experienced a headache it didn't necessarily seem like at the time yeah but it was definitely a different buying time what we experienced in those days i would say from i don't know 2003 to 2000 a few years in there somewhere in there was kind of a good time but we were building too and you know you're investing so much in a new business and it, it um I just remember times where I'd have you know several employees on on a Saturday and there were constantly people in with art needs and we'd be just constantly bringing up work from the basement to show them and oh we have this or we have that and yeah um and so and people would just kind of come in and point I'm gonna take this and this yeah. <laughs> I mean Isn't not every awesome day but you just and then people around the jewelry counter because jewelry is also a big component of what we sell and yeah just you know, impulsing, you know, just it, and that it all, it added up yeah. and, um, it was fun. Yeah. It was really alive and really fun and high volume. Did you get blindsided or affected at all by the recession by oh, 2009? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then all that came to a screeching. Halt. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, we did. And you could feel it coming. And there was a lot of concern, uh, you know, customers coming. How are you doing? And that continued for a long time. I mean, I just remember 2008 was a really tough one because we just had the bailout. I had just had um, my first child. And I remember it was holiday where, you know, the last week of the holiday is really when you make, if you're in retail, like we, we are selling things like, 
handmade items, craft items, art, everything at that time for gifts, um, a lot of your money is made in that week. Mm -hmm. And we had the bailout. And then we also had a terrible snowstorm. So we were closed, I want to say like the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And I just remember being home snowbound with my baby and just looking at her and thinking, well... Not much I can do about this. We got to just trudge on. And yeah. and we did from that point on. And it did. It got better. But so many people lost jobs. It was so hard. They, you know, they, they were coming in and they were really enjoyable to talk to. And I feel like a lot of meaningful conversations, a lot of connecting at that point. But there was so much fear. And like, when will I get my next job? And money was definitely, people were so concerned about spending it. Yeah. And then since then, you know, we kind of crawled out of that period. And as of late, it's it's been fairly solid. Yeah. I would say ups and yeah. downs. Oh, last, I was kind of sharing with you earlier that last winter was really tough for us as everyone with the snow conditions and the 26 below and <laughs> school being closed every <laughs> two seconds. Uh, it was really yeah. hard to get any anything going. And um, that's just, you know, nature of where we live. Like, yeah. you know... With the extreme temperatures and things like that, people are not going to be small boutique shopping all the time. They're cold yeah. and they're going home and totally. shopping online. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, and that's another new thing since the recession, really, is technology. Yeah. How is that? Has mm-hmm. that affected your business or how has it? Yeah, or? so we're slow to... <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm so old school in the way that I still believe in environment. And I and when you do bricks and mortar and you're open every day, so much of our concentration goes into that. And yeah. there isn't a lot of time for um, always pursuit of online. However, we have been doing a better job through with... Uh, we just had a whole uh, website revamp um, that took two and a half years in the making that launched this fall. We've been... St- slowly building followers um and kind of actively working out for i would say what three four years but you know not with the kind of force that some galleries have Mm -hmm. um or some of my artists have and now um with our current uh, circumstances i have one really intense month to kind of really bring us up to speed and that's going to be our our main concentration is kind of getting that a little bit in order you know it's been a goal for a long time it's just it's just time yeah Yeah. um so and figuring out also what your vision is because i am so tactile and i'm i i I don't enjoy for myself as much experiencing things or shopping that way i want something that still makes my customers feel something and and Mm -hmm. it's just harder to do in that way but we're we're getting it i feel like i've found some some really incredible things with research now and things that really inspire me and i hope that we are able to put something together that inspires others too and also just gives a little bit more background into some of our artists and um, what they're up to in their studios. It gives people um, something meaningful, you know, something Mm -hmm. interesting to concentrate on during this time. Well, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Well, so a couple episodes back, I forget now, um, I started an episode on, we're talking about brick and mortars and their importance Mm -hmm. and how important they are now more than ever. And the original premise for this for this um, show was that they're more important now than ever because of the trend of culture going online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's opening up a vacuum. And 
uh, the brick and mortar gallery experience is something that can't be duplicated online. No. And you were talking about that earlier. I was curious what you thought. Absolutely. I mean, I'll be the last one holding out for bricks and mortar galleries. I just feel like um, art is something that needs to be experienced. In some cases, like smelled Mm -hmm. touched in some case you know i mean it's really hard to get all of that online you can peak interest you can advertise and some people do by that way and i hope that more will start but (laughs) as long as i can still hold out and hold my environment together i love experiencing art in that way and i love the change every time every six weeks we do a new show and we completely got everything as most galleries do and recreate I love that's such an exciting week and such exciting change and you feel the energy of all these people and this new work and all of this so much excitement I I would I just I don't I don't know how I'm able to get that yeah yeah (laughs) however it's I I think it's exciting I am I have thought to myself during this time of captivity that I it's fortunate that we have technology now what if yeah, we, what if sure. we were 10 20 30 years behind and we didn't have any of this to connect because the FaceTimes have been really important to me connect I mean it's pretty incredible the world we live in and it has made it closer and it has made it more manageable and it is exciting I'm excited to I'm excited that someone in Massachusetts bought a DC ice painting yeah. yesterday and I had the nicest conversation with her and you know, she's never been to the gallery. I've probably never been to Minnesota. Probably not coming. But um, <laughs> she, you know, uh, that was exciting. And I feel like we can build that. Yeah. We can build that. We just need time to concentrate on that. And I feel like this month is going to give us that. And um, we'll see. Um, hopefully, we emerge stronger. Yeah. No, I agree. Like I think um, the thing that makes the gallery important is that building the relationships and the curation and the energy that. Um, yes you as a gallerist puts into it like i see how you interact with your artists and it this kind of goes ties back to um you know your product development you know i've shown at your gallery and months before you're in the studio and we're talking about art pieces and we're talking about what works what doesn't work um things that no other gallery i'm probably more of a control freak than a Way more. But um, you need to have that control. Everything has to be so tight now. And I'm sure you're feeling yeah. that too. Everything has but to be so But it's based so on your suited. vision and also how, I mean, it's... It's curated. You're talking, it is. And I think that's an art form in and of itself. Like you're talking about, you know, you're happy to work mm-hmm. with artistic people. I think you're one of them. And it's your curation that's the art form. But then also, you you know your clients and you know you've built up these relationships and you know like you have a vision in your head where a piece is gonna go it's like a puzzle it, the whole you know we have everything planned and uh yeah. for shows and then once we take everything down everything has to fit like a puzzle and yeah. because we have such an eclectic array of art i would think we have such a wide variety of types of art that it is tricky to get everything to balance and and but when we do and it always does because i won't offer something that doesn't fit <laughs> Every once in a while, it I doesn't. I can attest to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> to that. you know, it's it feel it feels right, and and how everything sings around each other. Yeah. I love I love how you you know have got one of your paintings in with like some kind of that's <laughs> what I would put it with. Yeah. But I mean, I like I like the connection that in pl- close proximity, um, the way the gallery is broken up, that two artists that would never be 
considered together and then yeah. it just works and it, there's this beautiful energy this shared energy totally and um because we are retail that's also more exciting to me um i feel like you can break up the space in a different way and i feel like it's nice to have things like you know ceramics and glass and just other disciplines around in with the art to yeah. kind of make it feel more like it would in your own home yeah. and honestly Sometimes when we separate the work, we'll have we'll show it in the gallery, and then we move it to kind of more the storefront area. People experience it in such a different way, and it's almost like it's brought to a whole new light. And people are like, "Well, where has this been? Where?" And it's like, "Well, it was just part of a show a yeah. couple of shows ago." You, you know. But it's I think um, the way it's separated, and sometimes in and amongst other interesting handmade items, it's taken yeah. a whole different you know light. When you seem to change, like you're curatorial direction it's very in touch with the seasons the weather it's not just the work it's It's, a trigger you know absolutely and it's really it's tough like those winter months because you can't show snow and people don't (laughs) buy snow really (laughs) except for this last year with our future show in november which was very successful and fantastic yeah evan abrahamson um it worked in that way um but ordinarily you know you have to show it there's that month little pocket that you can't and then after that it has to be i i find interiors are just are really good like interior paintings of inside spaces and because that's where people are it has to be a trigger for the time if you start offering spring before spring it's a disconnect and if you offer summertime scenes in the spring people aren't in that mode and then the fall everything gets a little darker and kind of more inward and and all of it matters and if and if something's offered at the wrong time it just it just doesn't work but the thing one of the things that i really like about your space though too is like um you take a lot of risks on what your main shows are. I mean, there's stuff that like, I don't know that I would show some, you know, it's like, I don't know if I have a market for that because Minneapolis have a market for that. I'm really finding that that's really important. And I know at the time it's risky, but I also know that you have to have a balance Mm -hmm. because painting has always been, high quality painting has always been our mainstay and what we sell the most. Mm -hmm. However, you can't offer, it has to be a wide range. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think that's really important. Um, as long as the artist knows too, that it is, it is a chance and, Mm um, every show there has to be a potential for sales because we're not funded by government grants. Like I have to keep the doors open, but offering a range in that way, some, most of the time I find, um, I land on my feet. It's never polite or sofa art. I don't think, you know, no, it's it's just more like, we like, I love sculpture. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, rawness. Yeah. Um, photography, I love. Well, do you have a overarching gallery philosophy? Like the name Gallery 360. Mm, what did that come that? out yeah. of? So we didn't have a name in the beginning. And yeah. we had, um, so we had morphed out of Trip Trek Winchester Gallery and we didn't have a name. And we had all the great minds of the world, all the artists we knew at that time kind of coming up with ideas and things. And, one of our artists, Max Maddox, amazing guy, um, actually yeah. came up with it. Really? And um, because we'd kind of come full circle, you know, with the change of the, of the, into one gallery, into another, and kind of, and also kind of how eclectic the place is, I think the name just, it just worked at the time, and I still like it. I yeah. really. Um, when the tagline is art in, art every, in every degree. degree. 
I mean, yeah. it's it's That's easy, perfect. and I never wanted a tagline. I still don't. But for some reason, it just stuck, and it works. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can't funny. imagine another name. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Well, when I think about your gallery too, and think about your role as a curator slash artist, in your role as a curator, even the gallery itself is a work of art, and like the facade was created by an artist, mm-hmm. um, Adam, Adam Peckman, Peckman. Mm-hmm. excellent facade, excellent artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's still standing. Yeah, all of his all of his hard work, and it yeah. needs some revamp. But uh, yeah. we did some little bits of revamp as we got a new couple new signage, and just I mean, it doesn't. It's just you start to see. Wow, I felt like we just finished paying for that project, and now it's <laughs> now it needs to be touched up again. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit about your process Philosophy? of like starting or, a show, mm. like how how somebody gets a show at uh-huh, Gallery Three Hundred and Sixty? How you work with an artist? Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, you you know, I, um, well, first things first, I just have to like the person because if I don't like the person and, and I, it just isn't, it's never going to work with a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you initially like the person, you're drawn to the work. Um, you've sampled that work for a bit and there, there's a buzz, you know, because whether the people are buying it or not, you know that you're going to have, um, you're going to have a future with this person because there's somebody that you can build with. Mm-hmm. Um, but we usually, that person, then it's usually booking into a five-foot show, which is our entry slot. And those are usually booked out about six months out, but just depends on how I am at the time. Like sometimes they're booked out the day out, and sometimes yeah. they're a year out. But it's kind of allowing the artist enough time to put together a special collection of works that's geared toward the gallery after having a little bit of experience with working together. And then we have the five-foot show, and then we see what goes from there. And then if there is a continued buzz and sales, and, you know, my customers will tell me, like, when are you going to have them in the gallery? And people get excited. Like, it's very, there's just enthusiasm. You can feel it. And then you just make sure you have enough time together, and then they're booked in. And sometimes it's, I just love the person so much, and I believe in what they're doing. And, yes, this is a long shot, but I feel like they have a voice they have, they have a voice that's missing that I want to show. Sure, <clears throat> sure. But you do start, uh, you, you do studio visits well in advance of a show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in it's some cases, me. oh, no. I mean, you're, okay, that's good. nothing. <laughs> you're a pro. I mean, no, and, and I work with so I, I don't book them in if I don't feel like they have it in them or they have the talent or they're not ready for this or they can't handle it. Or But in some cases, like, I'm meeting with people every week. Yeah. And then just kind of checking. And then a lot of just camera shots, hoping that they don't paint over what they did from the day before, <laughs> before I can see it. Um, it's, it is. I'm really invested in every piece for every show well before. Yeah. And then at a certain point, we'll start hanging um, work out in the gallery. We don't usually do that for you because I feel like, I don't know, we just don't. Yeah. But for a lot of artists to get everything to balance and to work together and to, for, to show them how many pieces they're going to need, sizes, to work through all those things. Yeah. I think it helps them to get a visual on, you know, how is this coming together? Oh, I have more than I thought. This is looking really good. I mean, everyone yeah. thinks the gallery is so small until they start creating original yeah. work for it. Totally. And then totally. it's like, oh, well, <laughs> I need more. Totally. So, um, Have you ever been surprised at... Uh, 
the day of drop off where somebody's just showed up and this is not what was in the studio. No. This is not what was planned. No, but I've been pleasantly surprised before oh, with people okay. that I was worried about and they just killed it and just, good. you know, did a All great right. job, came with their little suitcase. I just remember Matthew Dobek, he was an artist, an illustrator that we worked with that was living in Colorado. And um, we really did not have, I mean, I tried to have dialogue with him, but it's always harder when artists are out of state. And this was before... It was in email days, but before camera shots were as every day as they are right now. And yeah. uh, he just brought his, he had this little old leather bound 1940s suitcase and he just started taking them out. And it was a really good show and a really successful show. And I just, I just, I'll never forget him. He was just total composure. He was back there. Th- yeah. I'm like, it's all in there. And, yeah. and it was, and they were oh, great. Funny. And it's just so, it, you know, you can, I think for the most part, things are talked about so in advance and, and it's so important for both parties to get all the components right. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what I really hate is missed opportunities because if an artist takes something, takes an opportunity and doesn't give it their all, another artist could have taken that and really ran with it. And that's what I just, I feel like the opportunity has to be taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, because I, you know, this isn't, I have to keep the doors open again. Totally. Like, <laughs> common totally. theme. Well, and so. especially if it's an artist from out of town, like how, how much of your uh, season or uh, I guess exhibition schedule is based on artists that are local versus try to keep it as local as possible people move though and then you know then you'll just follow them and yeah. so it's, sometimes it tends to it can be out of town um, but try to keep as local as we can because it's I, I find that it's really hard the dialogue just gets harder when yeah. they're not here and I can't I don't have the control <laughs> seeing everything and being at their studio and like breathing down their neck um, <laughs> And so I just, I need that. I need that. I, it's important to me. I, um, yeah, that it's all done right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but, but yeah. And then some of my, but some of them, it's totally fine. They can live in another place. I have very little contact with them. I just know their, I know their abilities and, and I know what they're going to. It's nice to have a little bit of a sneak peek in advance that every once in a while you'll hit an artist like that. And, but that's kind of rare. Yeah. Most of the time, there's there's a lot of touch base. Okay. So, yeah, we, we're coming up to a time where probably most businesses will have to be closed um, in the near future. And uh, how are you mitigating it? Other than, of course, you're going online, but, well, and you've sur- survived 9-11 and the recession. Actually, I'm going to be uh, putting out a, a blog about uh, tips for artists to survive or whether... Yeah weather this storm because yeah. a lot of people are freaking out oh yeah and it's been a crazy so, week so on, but if you've been through it yeah monday we mm-hmm. went in and uh obviously made the decision to close which was a good one mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been a roller coaster a week of a lot of emotion talking to artists all over the country a lot of tears with people a lot of people's situations are far worse than what we are experiencing in mm-hmm. the midwest um Losing all employees, losing studios, losing everything, moving to parents, friends, basements. I mean, yeah, I've kind of yeah. heard it all. And it's it's uh, it's been devastating, right? Um, yeah. I, I, 
I feel like I'm a little bit more grounded than I was at the beginning and uh, starting to just come to terms with what we can do with this time. And I think mm-hmm. that's what everyone needs to kind of consider and think about. Like, this is kind of, I mean, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. But in some rega- in some small regards, if you can find a silver lining, it is also kind of uh, a treat and blessing to have this time. So it's just a matter of what you do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, the fact that we can get outside on some of these beautiful days, it's not the middle of winter and it's not during my holiday season at the gallery is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I've had really great family time, but we're, we're just beginning. It's, we've got a yeah. long uphill battle. Well, I've thought about that because one of the big complaints I hear from artists a lot is that um, they can't make their artwork because they're working two jobs. Yeah. You know, they're bartending yeah. or... For, for well, artists now, that want to create... <laughs> And You've you got know, some time to make getting some creative, like you know, you can't get out and get supplies or whatever. Or, you know, re retouching, re, re yeah. going back in as a painter, you're probably always going back into oh, some sure. things and like I don't like this component of this, but I'm going to change this or, you know, I think working with the materials that you have and just kind of trying to utilize the time because I do yeah. believe that eventually we will be back out there and sure. and um, we it's all going to apply. People will need art. It, it is. It's true, and yeah. um, I think that people will be after being cut off from all of life and just online for so long. At a certain point, they're going to want to experience things live and really feel something. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and we were talking before we started the podcast. We were talking a little bit about, um, you know, if it came down to it the things we would do to keep the gallery open, you know, doing stuff, whatever it takes. And yeah. that's a testament to like the gallerist soul. Yeah. Like, you know, and you're tenacious. You're going to stay open. We're no survivors. We've, I feel like we've been through so much and this is, this is going to be tough. And, uh, and you know, it's not that it's necessarily over this spring. I mean, there's next fall was also always going to be a tough period anyhow because election years have always been really hard on us as a gallery and so it's really that's already a challenge but if this virus can also has the potential of coming back at different times that's also something that is um, kind of scary but you know we're gonna we're gonna work on our online we are going to um i'm going to try to motivate yeah. By artists, we're going to kind of keep on track. We did cancel um, a show now that was scheduled for um, April. Yeah. But we do have all of our roads now leading to our 20-year show, and I'm optimistic that people can be there for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the best you can do is kind of try to stay motivated and positive. And it's, and it's hard. It's hard. There's been... Um, it's emotional talking to artists. Um <clears throat> I'm so close to my artist and I feel so much and you want to be able to help them. And then, but I'm hearing really inspiring stories of people are channeling efforts. People are, you know, just making masks. Who knows what you decide to do to help out with the cause. But I think there's going to be a lot of that too, that we all feel like we're all going through this at the same time. That's something. And, um, I hope we can make something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, not necessarily that it has to pertain to the current situation with the virus, but um, if you had a piece of advice for artists in general, what would that be? Mm, mm-hmm. Anything that... Try to stay positive. Um, try to really... I, I think um, pattern and productivity is really important in your days. I think I think it's hard when you start slumping and you don't get out of your 
sweatpants for days and you just sort of <laughs> at a certain point the Netflix binging you know I think just I just finding kind of um <clears throat> getting a little bit of structure getting some because it's hard because everything's been up in the air and I think a lot yeah. of people are just watching television or whatever but trying to find kind of some kind of structure and just getting into your studio yeah. You know, even if it's just an hour a day, if you've got kids and it's at night, but I think it will help. I think will help the situation try to channel, create good energy. It's something to look forward to the you in the future. Yeah. Um, and if you're an artist creating, that's your happy place, right? I mean, that's totally. that's that's where you want to be. That's yeah. that's it's not a, it shouldn't be a chore. It should be something that it's an outlet, and it can bring you a lot of joy. And I think that <clears throat> you guys are lucky to have that. Because a yeah. lot of people don't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, use it. Yeah. Use that the gift. That's awesome. I like that. Do you have any advice for collectors? Mm, keep collecting. <laughs> <laughs> you start looking at our Instagram posts. <laughs> no um, we're still alive and ticking in all of the galleries. It's going to be so vital that everyone keeps that in mind. I feel, there's been a quite a consciousness though this week of you know i'm gonna get to that restaurant um i'm gonna do their takeout i'm gonna supporting the small businesses yeah with everything closing um you know that it's gonna be hard but online is still gonna be there we did say by appointment but i have a feeling i will just be you know for good customers and inquiries i'm gonna be texting and emailing people back i can drop ship at things at people's homes without even having to have an interaction if they don't want i mean i think just um it's more i'm going to be more important than ever before to support local businesses yeah yeah one of the things that i've been thinking about lately is that the the site well one of the premises of this show is that i think artwork is like a soulmate and when somebody falls in love with a painting or any work of artwork it's because it's resonating with their soul they're finding a part of themselves in that work um and part of me thinks that the that artists and collectors are kindred souls um or they come from the same source or same they have the same soul but they they express themselves differently one makes the artwork the other buys the artwork yes so i think there's a connection no matter what and the and somebody believing in your vision that's just such a such a compliment right yeah i mean yeah well it's someone that um finds insight and calls something within themselves or a memory um channeling another person that may not be around anymore it's 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 amazing the stories of um connections customers and what they see within an artist's work and Mm -hmm. um and it's their own interpretation Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's maybe not what you had intended and that's the beauty and that's the that's the the cool connection that makes it also worthwhile yeah yeah intangible yeah <laughs> yeah um and it is about that energy shared energy and yeah. that's why i will still hold out for uh you know a physical space bricks and mortar yeah um it's it is an interaction between the artist myself my employees and the customer and I think that is a part of what makes people continue to come back is a shared energy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I mean, people tell me that they come, this is my spa time. I'm coming to the gallery for my spa time. I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. It makes me feel really good. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, before we wrap up, I want to go back to, you were talking about most of your artists are, are local. Mm. What do you think about um 
being a gallerist in Minneapolis, mm. in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Tough. Yeah. Very few galleries. We need more gallery camaraderie. And uh, mm-hmm. so much of it, like, we're in, in all of the United States, people cannot believe how unified our studio areas and how unified Northeast and all the studios. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but it definitely doesn't breed uh, galleries. Yeah. It's definitely artists selling on their own. And that's, that is great. It's just very different than a lot of other cities. So people come and they're like, where is the gallery areas here in Minneapolis? Yeah. And at one point it was here, you know, the Wyman building downtown was just a very different time and they were yeah. unified. And then everything split up into the little neighborhood nodes. You saw restaurants doing that, you know, right around the time that we started 20 years ago, everything. Mm-hmm. And then NEMA was created. We had NEMA's first art world. We, um, uh, we had a poster in our window as a window installation for that event. So well, you could see everything yeah. developing after that point. And then yeah. um and it's and it's cool and it's great. It's just a different city to be selling in. Yeah. It does make it difficult. Yeah. yeah it's it's hard. But but I love the city and I feel like I couldn't I've always said like I couldn't do what I do anywhere else afford to do it you know yeah. sure it'd be great to be in in a bigger city with but at the same time like who could afford it yeah who could afford our space yeah you know and then and with such a great general public um you know I love our neighborhood and, and you really do get a slice of the neighborhood being there and that was the first thing that I loved about the gallery well before you know taking ownership or any of that I just I love the slice of the neighborhood I love people coming yeah. in people coming in with their dogs parking their dogs out there yeah. now we're across from Woody's Pet Food Deli that is open this week I don't know how long they're going to well, be open serving yeah. their dog food but people are really groupy to Woody yeah. Woody's and we're like the old antique corner so we're all little like oddball businesses that are sort of um you know not no chain stores no we're all small independents and I love that yeah yeah um so I feel fortunate to be in the area that we are and to have cultivated the clientele that we have but I'm not gonna say that it's it's easy we are up against a lot yeah Mm -hmm. no I would agree with uh all of that and while I love visiting other cities you know, the mm-hmm. trade-off for the quality of life mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't pass this town up for anything. No, I think we're really yeah. fortunate. Um, well, I think we're going to end on that note. This has been awesome. Thanks for... Gee. <laughs> well, thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. So good luck over the next couple hey, of weeks. We'll be too. in touch. We'll and... be definitely in touch. Selling, yes. selling some of your paintings, hopefully. Well, and... All the great artists you have, including uh, DC Ice, who's yes. part of the show feature here. Show. But has, she's your feature Continu- show right now. We will continue awesome. to promote and hopefully yeah. sell. So it's a fantastic show. Again, it was an honor and a privilege to be joined by Mary Beck of Gallery 360. You can find Gallery 360 online at www.gallery360mpls.com. That's gallery360mpls.com. And on Instagram, at gallery360mpls. Again, gallery360mpls. 
As we enter into yet another week absent of tangible brick-and-mortar events to attend, I can't stress enough how important it is to stay connected with your favorite galleries and artists. And if you're an artist, to stay connected with your patrons and clientele, as well as what your favorite galleries are up to. While things will indeed return to normal at some point, hopefully in the near future, it's important to keep the energy of our culture buzzing along. One of my favorite places to get a daily dose of art and culture is mplsart.com. Along with updates about events and arts-related news, you can read numerous arts-related articles and now find out about virtual events going on on the interwebs. That again is at mplsart.com. And while you're on said interwebs, be sure to check out nema.org. That's the Northeast Minneapolis Arts Association, and spend some time sifting through their artist profiles. With over 1,000 artist members, there's a ton of art for you to enjoy and fall in love with, and they too are keeping tabs with current affairs and how they're impacting the arts. That again is at nema.org, N-E-M-A-A.org. And that's a wrap for this episode of Art Wonderful, coming to you from deep inside the Rogue Buddha Gallery. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you do so again and often. Until next time, remember, the best life is the creative life, and the best self is the artistic self. Cheers. <laughs>